Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. <laughs> Welcome back Ronnie to the podcast, Ronnie. everybody. It is I, Young Grognard. Grognard the Young. Cracking it to you, lacking it to you live. From the beckons of the Herald of Steel, goddamn. With the quest. You did it backwards with the adventure. Sure. Anthony. The Kings. And, and the quest for Gareth. We've been on this one for a long time. Nope. Nope. I forgot all of it, so I wasn't tuning in it at all. <laughs> like, wait a minute, hold on. Did you guys just do it completely without Jared who dauntingly yep. <laughs> started yeah. it? I, I, I was trying to like leave some room for somebody to you know, pick it up, but they weren't. So I, I have oh. to finish what I, I have to finish what I start. Very well. Well, I'm glad you all felt how awesome it is to have to repeat yourself a million times over. But I do believe, unless some wicked twist of fate or maybe Domero's luck comes out, I, this should be the last episode uh, for this adventure, which is pretty sweet. Uh, but in the last episodes, our party traveled far, far away from Enton uh, to make their way to the Icy Peaks to go deal with Andindareth to get the blood to make the potion to survive the fire to melt the thing to build the portal to bring her back to go to the place with the people oh. with the thing Dan, if we're starting at gorgareth proper then we need to mention the bandits first and meeting I mean, the herald hey. of steel because that all happened in gorgareth as well don't got time for it listen if you want to do the full drop you can do the full drop but we're not doing that but uh jarzak having become king in gorgareth uh, did a lot of things, but the last thing that was on our agenda uh, was to melt a slab of super steel. Um, our party have done their part to get down to the bottom of the volcanic layer of Terra Um And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they've basically been summoned after fighting the fire giant that tended the forge and all of the Azer minions that have blocked their way. The party seemed to be on the gateway to the inferno about to meet with the ancient red dragon itself uh yeah i mean where we last left off was the party being a uh, sort of or at least click being mockingly uh, referenced as being the child of felgrised 
or something like that. I don't know, I feel like getting that flame sword was a waste of time. <laughs> the flame sword? The <laughs> battle we're going into? I don't know if it's going to help me here. I mean, if you're not going to take it, I will. No. Put it right next to Domoro's lock. And all the other magic weapons Jarzak has taken. I don't know, unless the power of the sun can beat the power of a dragon, which it, it might. It might. Lika, are you sure you're the one who's willing to go into parlay with the dragon? Um, Klika probably has the most ways of getting out if things go bad. I mean, also, not to, like, I I can't, I don't know the dragon tongue. That is true. So I think you, we have Klika as an option. You have the cube of mortal steel and the mole, right? Ooh, let me check my pockets. It's right there. No, there was a hole in my jeans. No, and luckily it's stuck to your magnetic boot. I left it on the airship. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's stuck to your boot with some gum. Fuck off. And the potion, Um, yeah, I think we got the potion. Yep, you have to drink the potion, or do you have to like? Slab it on like a lotion. Oh, we probably should have asked, huh? Well, what do you guys think? Should I spike the rest on top of you? (laughs) That would be pretty anticlimactic. Just run into the dragon's lair, start drinking it, start coughing, just like drinking straight poison. You're just like, just like hunched over on all fours, crawling around the floor, <laughs> dragon just watching. <laughs> the party's like, I think she's doing good in there. Her other weird little monkey feet walking around on the floor. Um, well, if you have everything, be safe and we'll be here to back you up. Okay. Uh, yeah, Cleek is going to be fine. I think it's going to be just good, great, fine. But if Klika doesn't come back, you guys should just go back to the ship and not all run in there. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, with that, I suppose Klika crosses one of the bridges over here in the uh, the Forge Foundry sort of area um, and goes over to a descending stairwell adorned with statues of uh, near impeccable quality. Uh, they descend around a corner and reach a giant set of stone doors. Pretty basic uh, for what they are, but they seem like, I don't know, even to the touch, they're like burning hot. So, would Kalika like to continue into this chamber? Give me one second. And Kalika's gonna cast Fire Shield on herself at this point. Now that things are... Dispel Magic. 
is going to be so fucking sweet. <laughs> Just wait yeah. till I roll at that sweet spell I created called Dispel Potion. Man. <laughs> so yeah, Klinko will have an icy shield around her that gives her fire resistance to keep her nice um, and cool as she proceeds into the dragon's lair. Is anybody going to follow you into here? Yeah, if it's to do so, uh, Norno will. Yeah, what do you mean? Wait, so you are going to go into the chamber? Or are you going to just follow I mean, down I guess the stairwell to the doors? What do you mean? If we're still waiting outside, then yeah, if it's in like in the chamber chamber where all this is going down, then no. Okay, so following her down the stairs to the doorway. Okay. Yeah, Works basically. for me. All right, so with that, Kalika shoves open one of these hefty stone doors, but due to the excellent craftsmanship, the uh, doors themselves slide open pretty easily, just enough that she's able to squeak her way in. Um, uh, before just before you... she does, she's going to just run over and give all of the party members a hug, and then she'll slip in. When oh, she gives Jarzak a hug, I cast fly on her. <laughs> Very good. Well, and myself. Okay. How long does fly last? Ten minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. So at this point, uh, when the door opens up, the noxious fumes that are within here seem to be like three times as strong as anywhere else you've felt it within this mountainous layer. Uh, the heat is again as if stepping into just an open furnace. It is like just thick walls of humid, gassy heat. And as you step into this chamber, you can see that it arcs back a uh, hundred some odd feet with some very large stonework columns that seem to be uh, arcing up to the ceiling. Most of them natural cavernous walls and everything. But the more you notice the damages to the wall and the erosion, it seems like this chamber has been like sort of hewn away at or chipped away at by hot just lava and just, you know, the, just the, the nature of having such intense heat around here at all times. Uh, and sort of to put a point on how hot it is down here, there are boiling, bubbling pools of lava uh, to your left and to your right, sporadically placed around this place. And as you take a few steps into here and your feet kind of crush over the gravel that is the ground, um, again, bits of smoke seem to rise up from your footprints or handprints. I can't really tell what your monkey feet do. Um, but they seem to kind of arc up between the uh, toes there as the intense heat seems to almost singe at your feet itself. Um, and as you take a few steps into here and look around the chamber as it extends far to the to the east, or I guess, you know, straight ahead from you, um, you can see a large arcing stone bridge that crosses over one of the larger pools. Um, and towards the farthest Part of this chamber is a massive lava pool with something of almost like a, a sort of lava waterfall, a lava fall, as it were. Um, but the most intimidating creature you have ever laid eyes upon, I guess, uh, in your life is a massive gargantuan red worm that seems to be sitting perfectly placed at the edge of the pool of lava by the lava fall. Um, behind it, a mass of twinkling stones, crystals, jewels, 
coins, items, artwork, sculptures, anything you could imagine, and your wildest dreams of wealth seems to be amassed in a massive pile behind the lava pool. But staring back at you with almost a, how do I want to say this, a felonous, sort of like a like a cat's sort of predatory gaze upon you, it seems with its snake-like corded neck to rise its head up and look in your general direction as you step in. And as you continue to step in, the brilliance of its golden sort of swirling eyes takes you over for just a moment. And only at a certain point do you realize how much you've been stepping forward without even thinking about it. And as you approach even closer, a voice booms at you in Draconic from across the way. The sort of feminine twinge that comes along with this voice is hard to detect at first, but being a Draconic-speaking person, you pick up on these subtleties a little bit better than most. And you hear it rattle off to you and say, in a most endangering tone, where are the others? Um, Klika decided to come alone. I have decided you will come with the rest of them. Tell your companions to enter the chamber or I will consume you. It's not really safe for them. One of the massive draconic limbs, one of its four limbs here, uh, reaches forward like a red oak, just stump, just rerooting and planting on the ground before it. And it sort of lifts up one single like twinge of its full body mass. And when I say like a school bus is lifting off the ground, this thing is absolutely tremendous. And just as a show of intimidation, it just lifts itself a quarter of of its body weight up. And it says, I said, get them. Clicka's really not sure if she's going to do that. Will you promise not to harm them? With that, the dragon kind of rests itself a little bit lower again and in a very cooing draconic voice. The only kind of cooing you could expect from a dump truck-sized dinosauric dragon to do, it says... Only politicians would lie through a promise. Those who make greatest benefit in life know how to promise in a very kind and honest way. Those who survive seem kind and honest when they promise, but make no true promises in their lives. To this I say, I promise I would never hurt any of you. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know that. We are, well, all right. <laughs> Clico roll. And uh, yeah, Clico will go and go back to the uh, entrance and just pop back out. Um, it's go time. Run. Shazdarun says that. She wants all of us to be there. Why? Um, because she demands it. It sort of seems like um, simply 
because it's what she desires. Well, I mean, you can't always get what you want. Should I tell her that? (laughs) It may be wise to try to stay on her good side by following orders. You could definitely destroy us in the instance that at the same time she is a great power of this world. And if she knows of us and has been watching us, she may have questions. She may have information we need regarding the Herald of Steel. We know nothing of her allegiance or none at all. It may be wise to listen. Or she wants us all together in one space so that she can destroy us all the easier. If she wanted to destroy us, she would have done it ages ago. I mean, we've only been here like 15 minutes. We haven't given a lot of opportunities to be destroyed. I mean, the orc people do kind of have to live with her, so I guess we could talk. Is she just going to speak draconic the whole time? Because, like, what's the point? Um, I don't know. Okay, wow. So we're all going to be in the room to have you. Bargaining. Bring Jarzak and see if that's what she wants. Could you imagine? You can have him. (laughs) (laughs) Or Um, don't even bring him now. Just float the idea. Maybe you can somehow convince her to only speak with you by pretending to play the game. Okay, let's go, Klika. Okay, Klika will will do her best. Was the entire group coming, or just Jarzak? I want to go. Anton's more curious, to be honest. No. Curiosity killed the cleric, so, I mean, you know... (laughs) Meanwhile, Norhill just might be a valuable source of information. Norhill's just admiring the stonework. <laughs> oh, if everybody's going, Norhill goes too. He's not going to abandon his party. Norhill, Jer- if all of your friends walked into an ancient red dragon's lair, would you just walk in behind them? <laughs> yes. <absolutely. laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that in mind, the entirety of the party walk in. Heroes of Amaroth march within this dragon's chamber, and the dragon, again, intimidating in all respects, sits before you, a hulking mass of arcade magical meat. Um, so with that, the uh, dragon looking you all over speaks in the common tongue now and says, what were you all so afraid of that you would send in your modest little friend instead of yourselves? Surely the, the tallest. Powerful... Wait, what? Klikas the tallest. Dragon kind of cocks its head back a little bit and says, I'm not here for games. I'm not here to play with you. Why have you marched your way in here and killed my second in command and so many of those that work for me? No one before you wanted to talk. 
Actually, yeah. we, we asked a lot of times if we could just come straight to you, no problem. But they didn't really seem like that was an option for them. It might just be a chain of command issue. If they if you uh, if they had known that you would be upset that they died, this all could have probably been avoided. She sort of leans in and unfurls one of her claws in the front and floating almost comically small in her giant draconian hand here is a single blue glowing orb. And as it floats above her hand, she says, I have seen much. I have heard much. And I was there for much of what you did. I saw the failure of the fire giant. He has failed me many times in the past, and he will fail me no more. What you don't understand is the role that I play and the multiverse around us. What you do understand is that I have powers that you need. But the question I have for you, did you really believe you could march in here and survive what I have for you? I mean, it's that or let the Herald of Steel take over the world. And Stone flakes seem to fall from the ceiling and rocks seem to tremble and shift as you hear the most intimidating laughter you have ever heard, almost echoing like thunder underground as this red dragon bellows with laughter at the mention of the Herald of Steel. Yep, just because you might live, it'd be you and him. And that doesn't sound like a good world to be a part of. Was that supposed to mean Jarzak? That's supposed to mean that seems real lonely. I don't think you'd be the best friends. Um, but with that, she says, I have many connections. I have many places I call home. You, however, I don't believe any of you do. So before we discuss what it is that you've come here for, I think it's only fair that we have a proper introduction. Go ahead. Tell me where you come from. Who are you? Really? Really? Jarzak looks around like, am I starting or? Like a nod. I'm Jarzak Gethvencore of Gorgareth. She seems to sniff at the air a little bit, and she says, I never forget what any of you pathetic, monstrous little beings smell like. And you smell familiar. I am the new king of the orcs. That she sort of like serpentinely like twists her head and like cobras it towards you a little bit and she her eyes like glow to little slits and she says am I supposed to be impressed no probably not but uh 
you're, I mean, have you, have you seen you? You're the impressive one. You know that her head, her eyes open a little bit more and she retracts her head a little bit. And she says, I have followed you orcs for much time. Sent many of my minions to do reconnaissance. I have never once been pleased with any of the deeds of your people. Well, truly, you are forgettable, pathetic, useless, and dim. Yeah, that checks out. They were, and then I took over. (laughs) How long have you been the proud and powerful king? Uh, A whole day now, so you haven't scouted us since then. And then with that, she just kind of lets out a couple of tufts of smoke from her nostrils. And with that, she sort of leans forward again and says, the only use I have for the orcs is for entertainment purposes. But someday I knew one would rise above the rest. They would be exemplary of their people and they would be worth my time and energy. They would be the one foolish enough to come back, to be enchained by me and my power. And my question is, Jarzak, king for a day, are you foolish enough to have returned to hand your kingdom over to me? What does that mean for the orcs? The room gets a lot warmer for just a moment as her eyes get even wider. And she says, it means death. Death for the orcs. But perhaps much like the Azer who have come to me from the city of Brass and like the fire giants who I have ruled over here for a good while now, perhaps the orcs will have a purpose too churning the gears and working the forge. They are strong people, aren't they, Jarzak? Your uh, people? Yeah, like uh, almost 100% of them are like more strong than me, so they're pretty strong. With that, the dragon kind of just tilts head to the other two beside you who haven't yet entered the room and looks at Norhill and Anton and just says, why have you brought them here? You Are these some sort of a gift to me? Yes. You told us all to come in. But why have you tricked them to come back here? Do they not know of the agreement you and I have? Uh, You're telling me a dwarf was foolish enough to trust you? I know the people, the people of Glory Wake are all foolish enough to believe anything. But even a dwarf? You've done well as king. King for a day. What is she talking about, Jarzak? Insight! I need to roll some insight. I think Jarzak needs to roll some insight. (laughs) Either that or Jared. (laughs) Money! Eighteen? Is that for Jared or Jarzak? Uh, Jarzak? Jared's probably a much lower score, so... 
Uh, Norhill rolled a 15 on the inside, but he's less trying to get a read on whether the dragon is telling the truth and see how Jarzak reacts. Okay. Uh, anybody else roll insight? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anton got a 20. Nice. What did Kleeka get? Uh, Kleeka didn't roll insight. She doesn't believe in it. Very good. <laughs> she believes the lie, but doesn't believe in rolling the insight. Um, Yeah. So with that, anybody who's listening to the dragon, apparently the dragon has some sort of connection to Jarzak. Norhill, having watched Jarzak's reaction to this, sees Jarzak's jaw start to kind of fall and stammer a couple times and look confused around the room. And it does look pretty organic that Jarzak doesn't know what's going on. But then again, Jarzak has apparently been one of the greatest liars you've ever seen. Oh, God. To the point, it's borderline what got him any chance of survival in his entire life. And with that, the dragon looks around to the other two again and says, I'm sorry. He never told you? You look so shocked, pained, and dismayed. Surely you're not disappointed in your friend? For lying? I mean, how did he build his kingdom? How has he made it this far? Through honesty? Virtue? Good deeds? Or has he been in the right place at the right time with the right people all along? King for a day, Jarzak. Maybe he'll make it to two. It's not a secret that he has been a follower of the Cedar. We've come to accept that. That is what you're leading to. And seeing how the party, though confused, are pretty well unshaken by what the dragon's done here, the dragon kind of just moves on i suppose is the best way to put it you guys can tell that the dragon kind of like tires of the game once anton just says like you know we know he's got baggage okay he's going to his like you know deceiver anonymous classes whatever we're over it and so the dragon then turns to Kleeka and in the draconic tongue says my question most interesting information of all is how you found yourself here little one isn't that the way of your people, to always find their way to places they don't belong? And yet somehow the stars align to bring you here. How is it being a, what do they call you in their tongue? A child of destiny? The walker between worlds? What do they, what do they call you in this millennium? Um, I'm Klika. But in, in, in Draconic, so it's like... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say it in Spanish, but... Um, <laughs> that's not funny. Um, somehow, I'm like... Je m'appelle Clica. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, the French um, have Draconic. <laughs> dang it. Um, but with that, she just kind of leans in a little bit. And you can tell her gaze, though draconic, seems to soften a bit. And she sort of lumbers forward with her first, uh, her forelegs, and she kind of curls them in like a cat when they do that, like, breadloaf sitting pose. 
and she seems to sit rather comfortably as her wings spread, extend, scratch upon the ceiling, and rest gently upon her back, seeming as if she has taken on a very relaxed posture at this point. And with that, she says, Out of all of them, little Kalika, I think I feel the bad, I feel the worst for you. Oh, how it must hurt to be you. Um, well, Kalika does get sad sometimes, but it's pretty okay for the most part. I smell much draconic blood. Why is it? How many have you killed? How many have you befriended? She begins to speak in common again. Are you all here to kill dragons? Am I another to be slain? I can smell that pathetic white worm I dindereth on you. I smell something stranger in the midst as well. Like a friend from long ago. An enemy I somehow thought I had killed, but... Tartharsha, somewhere in the distance, I smell it. And yet, I smell so much more draconic blood in this room. Tell me, Klika. Perhaps tell them. Have you told them your secrets? Um, well, Klika thinks that maybe um, Aldor and Grabber is her dad or something and um, she heard that maybe Falgrizid is her mom. And with that the dragon sort of chortles a couple times to itself, sounding like distant thunder at this point. And it's sort of in that cooing voice again in the common tongue, whispers to you with its snake-like tongue writhing over its teeth. Please don't be sad about how they've gone. I'm sure if they had stayed live long enough, they would know how disappointed they could have been in what you've become and what you've done, how far you've come and how yet... You still couldn't save him or her. But then again, Felgrisid may still be out there. I know much. As your friend said just before entering my domicile, I know much and you can learn much from me. Perhaps we can make something of a deal. For I have found that all my greatest growth, achievements, and all I have gained has been through diplomacy rather than silly violence. Truly, what did you gain from killing Eindindereth? Tell me, what treasures did he hold? He was one less though. Not necessarily a treasure, but... One less thorn in the side. You say? One less I thorn. couldn't hear you. It was very warbly. Basically, oh, that was one less thorn in our side. One less bow. 
So you didn't collect any of the treasures of the dragon. You merely killed it for sport. Oh, no, you wish to come into my chamber well. and tell me that it was just to remove a thorn from your side. As if you all, insects walking into my home, decide to tell me that Eindindereth was a problem for you. A nuisance. Tell me then, Anton. What am I? If he was a thorn in your side? What am I? So worrisome. Very worrisome. You say? You're not a right, thorn, trust me. You're not a thorn. We don't know how you compare to the Herald of Steel. We don't know if working with you is choosing the lesser of two evils. But we're not of much choice here. Well, you may be right about not having much of a choice. For you are in the belly of the beast, as it were. Mm -hmm. What if you chose wrong? What if the herald was nothing more than a pawn in my game and you walked right to me? Would you, you feel bad? to make the right choice every time. Well, we must still be easy. have to try to get Ira home, so... If this is the only way, then we'll do it. She deserves. Would she do this for you? For any of you? Does she need to? I don't. Klika's never expected kindness only from those who could pay her in kindness. Klika has always felt that if she wants to find a place where Klika really belongs and she has to be willing to accept anyone, even if they'll lie to her or if they have callings greater than just staying by Klika's side. Klika doesn't need to know if Ira would travel across the world to send Klika home. Klika will do it because Hira deserves to go home to be with her family, to, with her Korbok. In Draconic, the dragon speaks to you again and says, I sense a lot of your father's teachings in you. And yet it is your mother's bravery that brought you here. But with two brilliant parents... Why would you be so foolish as to think you could trust me to help you at all? Well, Klika doesn't want to believe that you wouldn't. Klika doesn't... Klika didn't want any of the violence that happened here. Klika doesn't want any violence to continue. Klika simply wants to do what we came here to do and leave. We don't want to we don't want to make any more mistakes, but if Klika has to, she will. 
with that, the dragon sort of rises and at its sort of pinnacle of sitting on its butt with its four legs kind of hoisting its front torso up, it reaches its neck way up to the ceiling and it looks down upon all of you. Again, establishing how much larger it is. And it says, why did you come to my chamber? Specifically, what do you need from me? Your breath. We need your flames. They burn hotter than anything else in this world. And we need to melt down and mold a piece of metal. Had you always anticipated on asking me for this gift? Click ahead. We assumed you'd burn us out of sight and simply use the opportunity and run. Well, that the dragon sort of tisks a couple times and says, you are all worth much, much more to me alive. I have seen much and as you see the blue bouncing orb sort of floating at in her midst she says i saw the death of many lords ladies kings and queens and i see before me four powerful individuals who will soon inherit much land and much responsibility and so i ask of you one single trade i will grant you my breath I will heat the steel. Immortal or not, nothing can defy the hatred in my breath. I will melt it into the shape you need. But all I request is that potion you've all been carrying. I can tell it's there. I smell its magic. I smell how it tries to rival my own powers. Give to me your potion, and I will do as you ask. But if you choose not to hand this over, well, how could we ever have trust? I'm not going anywhere. And if Jarzak, king for a day, decides to stick around, if any of you decide to stay in charge, Amaroth is only a day's flight from you, from me. I could be there in a week's time eating your children and all the people you saved. What is trust but a thinly veiled threat? Give me the potion and you can live. Keep the potion. Amroth will burn. Or that the dragon extends one single unfurled little claw in your, well, I say little, massive claw in your direction, reaching it out for whomever may have it. But I imagine the dragon has a pretty good idea of who has it as she sniffs at the air. So what would you like to do? Will you allow the other three to leave before I give you the potion? No. If we are to forge an alliance here today, we will do it all together. For I have one other stipulation to my agreement. 
I will come to each of you or to your people in a hundred years and a day, and I will reclaim the second half of our agreement. The price? Whatever I deem fit. Perhaps a single gold piece between friends, just to show you never feared my honesty and my trust. Perhaps your firstborn children and whatever they've grown into as kings and queens. But that is for me to decide. On this day, you decided to enter my lair. On this day, I decided to be friendly. And now you pick. How will history be forged this day? With one single steel bar, a gateway to your future? Or will you be melted alongside it? Please look at the other three. I mean, yeah, let's. Let's do this. Uh, what 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 have we got to lose? You know, everything. Hey, when you come back in a hundred years, can we just make make one condition? As long as I it's not our lives, it. you got a deal. <laughs> I can charge that. That thunderous, booming laughter uh, uh, continues again, and the place shakes. Stones fall into the lava, and it splashes and splutters up onto the up onto the ground near you guys, singeing some of your clothing as it does. And with that, she comes back down to a murmur and says, "If you lived longer than a hundred years from now, I think I may be more afraid of you than you are of me." For you but, will have defied all expectations. Well, that's my plan, so. So I ask again, before I lose my patience, for I have been nothing but generous and kind. Do you agree to these terms? Or am I going to have to melt that steel while you still hold it? I agree to the terms. And Jarzak looks over at the others. If a dragon could smile, it surely does as soon as you say those words. And its neck arcs down very, again, snake-like to be more at eye level with everybody. And she looks over the moon excited for this opportunity. Uh, Norhill's going to look down at Klika and then back up at the dragon taking in, you know, it's all of its immense size and power. And, you know, white knuckled like grip on his undrawn weapons hilt, he says, in the name of peace, I agree. Anybody else gonna up to the plate on this one? Anton needs more, more clarity. He's like, I, I have to think of my people. 
And if we don't get this done, then your people will all die as, as well as everybody else in the world. So it won't matter. Worlds will hit the more and more terrible fates. Clica will support you no matter what decision you make, Anton. Whatever your visit may be in a hundred years. You may only lay it on myself and my mind. I ask that the rest of the people who simply follow me simply because they were born in the same area. I wasn't even born in the same area now that I think about it. And they should not suffer for my own hand. If anyone, unfortunately, it would be blood or blood relation of some kind. The dragon looks the dragon looks kind of confused by this line of reasoning and tilts its head and says, I never said you were allowed to make any sorts of claims over what I was allowed to claim in a hundred years and a day. If I shall consume half of the people of Glory Wake in one century, I will do so if you agree. If I wish to eat every single one of them and leave one behind to tell the bardic tale of their slaughter, I will do so. If they are blood-related to you, or if they have never even heard of Glory Wake, I will do as I please. This is a matter of trust, that what I will claim will be just as I see fit. If you choose not to agree to my terms, you will not leave this chamber, and three of you will. Have you given any others before us the same deal? A very sinister smile arcs over the dragon's face as it turns very, very slowly towards Jarzak and says, I can think of one, one orc as of late. Only one? Who I made a very similar deal with. Yes. Just one. But everyone is persuaded by the the allure of gold as it turns his head back to the massive pile of wealth behind it. But I think, Anton, you, as well as many others, are more moved by a sense of peace, comfort, and tranquility. And as I sleep within this lair for hundreds of years, bothering nobody but those foolish enough to be fed to me, I think you should be happy that I only come out once in a hundred years in a day. Glory Wake is not far, and I'm sure there are mountains nearby. I could always use a new home. And as I said before, what is trust but a thinly veiled threat? And so all I ask, Anton, is that you trust me. Jarzak's going to put his hand out for the towards Klika for the potion. 
Charzak, don't do it. You imagine how much of a douche I'd be if I just took the potion thing, just throws it over his shoulder like nye, 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 nye. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Like, mm. Fuck, did you just hand it over Jarzak? Like, I don't know, she seemed legit. <laughs> Anson just shakes his head. He says, I, I must submit to your threatening trust. And he looks toward Clico with sad eyes and he says, Do what needs to be done. Oh, that's heavy. That's so sad and so heavy. <laughs> Hearing everybody having to like so sadly agree to this is it really hurts, but also uplifts me a little bit as the DM here. Hearing Norhill say in the name of peace, white knuckled handing it over, being like, all right, Jarzak being like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> just being like, yeah, just don't come for me in a hundred years. <laughs> oh, this is hard. And so with that, I guess teary eyed Anton looking sad about it. Clico hands the potion to Jarzak. And Jarzak will fly to the dragon's claw that he held out and put the potion in. The dragon has it landed to its little claw and the dragon then uh, sorry, I say little claw every time. Why I say little? It's just a cute dragon. I'm looking at a cat when I'm saying this. But it's holding out its massive claw (laughs) and as it does, it looks dead into Jarzak's eyes and crushes the potion into its claw and you see like strange opalescent fumes seem to wreathe out of the fingers as it does and the dragon kind of clenches its fist one more time and lets out a gravelly little glassy shatter and as it opens its hand a bunch of smoke and some glass fall out and the dragon puts its claws back to the ground and sort of leans in on the party and says are you fools for what you have done? I think so. Probably. Who breaks a promise? A politician? The wise? Or those who benefit? Did I lie? Maybe. But only time will tell. And I'm sure those who follow you in a hundred years in a day will know the truth. I will melt that steel for you if you would please hand it over. Wait, we need to make sure we know what we're doing. This is a Veronica thing, not an Anton thing. Like, do we know like what shape this needs to go in? It's yeah, a mold. The, yeah, the yeah, we, the we're all set with that. Okay, just want to make sure we don't get like tricked out of like all of a sudden getting like a little pile of goop. <laughs> it hands you like uh, a dildo shaped mold, like <laughs> Losers. It fits perfectly into the spot. Joke's on you, idiot. <laughs> just makes like the that stupid S symbol. Oh <laughs> just <my> like... God. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Damn it. Just yeah, the Supreme so logo. Kliga will uh, walk over and present the mold and the immortal steel. And that dragon, taking it into its claw, turns to go breathe the fire over the lava. But as it stops snaking its head around, it turns it back to Klika and says, this will cool rather quickly. 
so I may not have much time. And as it says it in Draconic, Felgrizid is alive. You should never trust the Tome Guard. Your mother did. I swear she must still be alive somewhere. But you should know better than to trust them. Your father didn't. And that's why he was where he was. But I think, unfortunately, you are a little bit more familiar with the Tome Guard's headquarters. And you may be a lot closer to their own machinations than you think. If your plan, as it looks down at the Immortal Steel, is to go to the Immortals, you may not be happy with what you hear. And I promise you that your aspirations for goodness in this world and to help those who would repay you only in the kindness they could offer may not be enough to save you the eternity of punishment you may endure. And so I appreciate your trust, but you will learn much about your pursuits in kindness. And I hope you will learn to be smarter in the future. And with that, the dragon lumbers off with its giant tail snaking behind it, whipping the air as it does, marches over to the lava pools behind it. And as you look towards the lava pools that it's gone to in the back corner, you see a strange stone gate with a swirling flame within it that seems to go on in like a freakish distance, as if perhaps some sort of planar gate or portal here. And the dragon holds the mold and the bar between two of its tiny little like edges at the ends of its nails. And as it breathes the most inhumanly hot fire you've ever experienced, even at this distance, the room's temperature rises like 60 degrees for a moment as the blaring white light heat seems to singe and melt the steel. And as it drips into the mold, the dragon seems to like look at it with a, a certain level of reverence or or respect and the dragon hands it back to you guys after letting it cool for a bit and as it sits on the ground it seems to like melt into the ground a little bit there um but the dragon sort of gives it back and says you are free to exit but i warn you all this will not be easy the herald of steel is a powerful being and I knew him long ago. Whoever he is now is a different person. Or I suppose immortal. Maybe that is the point, isn't it? And with that, the dragon sort of changes its facade of being kind of jokey on your side and says, leave this place now and never return. I have given you what you've asked and you have promised me what I have be gone and with that the doors swing open and the dragon sort of demands you leave wait can, can I come back to Gorgareth or just not here 
I think it was pretty well implied it was the lair, but you know. Anthony just to solemnly leave the room. He's very upset. <laughs> yeah, same here. How am I supposed to be neighborly? <laughs> and so with that, as the party leave and get back onto the wave wraith, which has been circling over the volcano with a bunch of angry squabbling gnomes, afraid for what might happen next or what may leave the volcanic layer, the party climb back up onto the rope. And as the vessel takes flight over the strait and heading back towards Amaroth, towards Glorywake, you guys can see in the distance that that giant spire with that giant opalescent sort of swirling orb around it has one central point of light at the top of it. And it seems to continually glow as a beam cuts straight into the atmosphere far to the stars and everything beyond. And that is where we will end this game and this adventure. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.